Welcome to Let's Talk Agriculture, Episode 6. In this podcast, Oliver McIntyre talks to Stephen Watson and Tilly Abbott, a lecturer and student from Hartbury University in Gloucestershire, about educating the next generation of farmers, especially on the topic of sustainability in agriculture. Here's Oliver. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our April podcast. In this episode, I'm really excited to be joined by Stephen Watson, who's a lecturer, and Tilly Abbott, who's a student, both from Hartbury in Gloucestershire. I'll be talking to them about education and how the next generation is getting prepared to be tomorrow's farmers, and also touching on the topics of sustainability, the journey to net zero, and gender equality in agriculture. Stephen, Tilly, great to sort of meet you, which is a catchphrase of the last 12 months. And welcome to the Barclays Let's Talk Agriculture podcast. Stephen, how are you doing? Whereabouts in the world are you today? And how are you feeling? Oh, hi. Yeah, I'm great. I'm currently in Ledbury, so away from work, so I can concentrate on this podcast. because We are starting to do some face-to-face lectures again because of being a practical university, a practical subject. But otherwise, yeah, feeling good. Good stuff. And Tilly, how are you? How are you doing? Where in the world are you? I'm well, thanks, Oliver. I'm currently in Suffolk and I've just come from Devon. Excellent. What were you doing in Devon, Tilly? I've just finished my second lambing of the season, doing 750 clins, which is very good lambing, to be honest. I've got a few days off here in which I'll be revising for my upcoming exams. And then I've got another lambing set up in Scotland just I hope you have a great lambing up in Scotland. Anyway, we'll crack on with the podcast. I suppose my first question, I'll come to you first, Tilly, is of all the careers you could have chosen, the world's an amazing place and far more interesting jobs than when I was in my teens, I think, these days. What made you decide to come into agriculture? Do you have a farming background? No, so I had quite an interesting journey, actually. My father is a plumber and he owns a few other businesses. But when I got into agriculture... I was doing an apprenticeship in a zoo and through various means, I was introduced to a shepherd and I thought, you know what, I'll give this sheep thing a go. And then I loved it. I went to agriculture college in Bedfordshire, which has then led me to a whole complete career so far within agriculture, which I passionately love. And I'm very into welfare and sustainability myself personally. And I saw that there was a real need and there is going to be huge change in the coming future in which why I picked this career choice. Yeah, I grew up on a, a small family farm and was always heading towards ag college and a career in agriculture. But honestly, I think the next 10 years are going to be the most exciting a generation is, is going to see. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard work. But I just have great faith in UK agriculture to deliver it, especially with people like Stephen at Hartbury College, educating the next generation. What's your background, Stephen? Do you have that agricultural background or have you come in from a sort of different upbringing? No, no, completely different upbringing. So I was born in Salford in Greater Manchester, where, as you probably know, there's not a lot of farming goes on. My godparents had a farm in the lakes, which I found incredibly interesting. But it wasn't a career I then chose to go on to do. I actually went into aquaculture, fish farming. I ran a fish farm in Stone the Wold for a while. And at some point, I got interested in using sheep to graze the place down. My boss wasn't necessarily interested in that, so I decided that I'd do it anyway and started renting some land next to the place. And in a short period of time, I built up to about 500 ewes, lambing on an outdoor system, this is all shedding ewes. So I was supplying Salisbury 
market with fat lambs. And alongside that, because 500 Years isn't really a full-time job, I worked in pig genetics for PIC and then later in a million bird a week hatchery. So I had a fair bit of a run around the agricultural sector there, which enabled me to sort of get a wide range of experiences and sort of bring something to Hartbury, which someone who is a first-time farmer and has kind of various ideas about how you might start up in farming. That's a brilliant story, Stephen, to be honest. And I personally think that the more people we can get involved in agriculture who, A, have the passion that you both clearly have, it is really important to bring people in, not just from within agriculture, but people who haven't been involved in agriculture, a bit like your godparents, Stephen, just takes that one little incident to inspire. And a bit like you, Tilly, with meeting a shepherd and then spending a bit of time with the sheep has made you realise or inspired you to get into agriculture. I think a lot of people sitting in agriculture listening to this would go, wow, she worked in a zoo. So, Stephen, Hartbury's one of a number of colleges up and down the regions in the UK, but it has a really rich heritage of helping to educate the next generation of farmers. How's Hartbury, and perhaps you in particular, talking to that next generation, this current crop of students, about sustainability? And do you talk a lot about net zero and how farms can achieve it? Yes, it's one of our core principles, sustainability. We introduce our students in the first year of their degrees into the concept, I run a sustainable agriculture module. So that introduces a number of different strands, a number of different ideas. But then it is one of our core principles. So we build it into the modules that they'll do throughout their university career. They're always thinking about sustainability, how to plan for future changes in farming, which I think are going to be very much sustainability based. Obviously, Stephen, as you know, I did three years at Agricultural College myself, and I know that all agricultural students are 100% attentive and eager to learn in every lecture. But how do you find those sustainability lectures and that sustainability module goes down? Is there good engagement, would you say? Yeah, surprisingly so. And actually, this year, because of the lack of availability of trips, it's normally based around a big trip in Easter and they go to various farms and look at sustainability in practice with COVID not just not possible. So what we've done this year is we've included more interesting subjects and certainly I was surprised by the amount of interest in various little topics that I presented like urban agriculture was really, really, really popular. I've had other students pick up on my background in aquaculture and want to know a bit more about that. So a diversity of topics does seem to sort of fire the imagination, yeah. And Tilly, you've already said you're not only passionate about agriculture, but about sustainability and, of course, welfare as well that you mentioned. I presume you've done that module already. And if you did, did it spark more interest in you? And on the farms that you're going around lambing, for example, at the moment, do you chat to the people you're working with and interact with to see what their view on sustainability is? Yes, definitely. That's part of why I love my job so much is going to all the different farms and seeing how different people implement their farming practices. And every farm, depending on what their system is, what they're doing and where they are in the UK, that's how they pick what's really important. And a lot of farms I go to, they're really interested in reducing their antibiotic resistance and lessen their carbon footprint in many senses, trying to sell their produce more locally. And I think within Stephen's lectures, we've spoken a lot about farm to fork as well, which is a really interesting topic, especially with COVID-19 happening, of the food shortages that we kind of experience and farms really coming through and people realising how important it is to shop locally, which is more sustainable. Yes, certainly, Tilly. We're very fortunate 
living in the UK because I genuinely never thought I'd ever walk into a UK supermarket and see empty shelves and not just fresh produce. That was the rices and the pastas and everything else. So I think if there can be a positive out of lockdown and the pandemic, it maybe has just put farming and food security right up the agenda. But of course, that doesn't mean that we can't address sustainable issues. And I think you've already touched on it, but talking about antibiotic use, as well as sort of food miles, it is this big jigsaw, isn't it? Of So many different pieces that need to go down to create the picture and the sort of journey to net zero. In a difficult year, Tilly, do you chat much to your student cohort about sustainability? I'm always quite careful about getting into a strong debate with some people about it, as it is a quite a touchy topic at times. But there's definitely a few, especially women within my course, that we are all really passionate about this sort of things. And in fact, two people within the course, I know they have joined the course because we are practical based university who focus on sustainability. And yet I know plenty of people within the course are really passionate about it from farming and non-farming backgrounds. And it's lovely to speak to people and their views on the issue and how they think they can help the industry move forward. Great news for the industry as well, because I get what you mean about it being a touchy subject. Stephen, just coming back to you, Hartbury has a working farm, which is fantastic, obviously, for hands-on education of your students. What sort of measures are they putting into practice on the farm or plan to put into practice on the farm, which would act as a great demonstration for the students? We've got a brand new agri-tech centre that's recently opened on the farm to help us implement technology within helping us all to be more sustainable. My colleague Patrick, who is our agronomist, has been doing lots and lots of soil mapping so that we can apply fertiliser in a more relevant and precise manner, which is great for sustainability. The farm's based around a dairy. We're not feeding soy anymore to the cattle. We've just got a small herd of native breed Guernseys, which are going to be more grass-fed, again, which is a lot better for sustainability. But also, into that, I might add that just one farm, I don't think, gives students the whole picture of sustainability. So what we try to do is get them out onto as many other farms as possible. And over a three-year degree with us, if you're not taking a gap year to work in industry, you will have had to complete 960-odd hours work experience on farms, and we push them to go to as many different farms as possible. I'm incredibly interested in genetics, especially in the sheep sector, because I used to work in the pig sector, and I've seen the gains, and I think there's so much room within that industry in particular to improve. Yeah, I think what the pig industry has demonstrated over the last 50, 60 years is that selective breeding of the right progeny and crossbreeding between the breeds, and you can actually come up with that near perfect converter of cereal into protein, can't you? So I do think the sheep sector could learn a lot from that. And I suppose if you look at New Zealand with their sort of genotyping, which we're just starting to get involved in in this country now, possibly the sheep sector is one that could come on leaps and bounds with a little more innovation in the genetic side of it. Tilly, you've just been spending quite a bit of time in the lambing sheds. What about the farm you've just come from? Do they get into more progeny testing there or are they a very traditional sheep farm? Yes, the farm that I've just come from, their whole business plan is breeding performance recorded sheep and selling those as either breeding ewes or rams. And I chose that placement because I thought I could learn a lot from them, which I did. It's very interesting to see the issues surrounding that in the fact that if commercial sheep farmers, if they will be moving forward and progressing with the rest of the industries to 
take those strides to get better live weight gains and ease of landings and those sorts of things. I'm no expert on it, but I do take great interest and hope to learn more from that, as I think the sheep sector could possibly improve itself to get as high up as the pig and poultry sector. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And almost it's obviously a lot of sheep productions up in the uplands and on some quite marginal land, especially in the current environment. It is going to be through that selective breeding, only breeding the best of the best. And I suppose historically, well, all livestock sectors only really looked at the male line. And of course, clearly 50% of the genetics of your progeny come from the female line. So really interesting. And I have been on a few sheep farms that do actually specialize in that sort of progeny testing and, and really trying to hone the performance of the flocks. Last month, we celebrated International Women's Day. And for that podcast, we chatted with Manette Batters, the NFU president, on the sort of changing role of women in the agricultural sector. So I suppose I just wanted to ask, are you seeing a change in the male-female split in students at Hartbury? And if so, what do you think is driving it? Well, this will only be my second year at Hartbury. I've come straight out of industry, but just under half of our first years are female. And across the other year groups, there's certainly a strong female representation. And I was strangely just talking to a couple of students about this the other day. A couple of female students in my final year supply chain management module were saying how pleasantly surprised they were when they first came away to university here at Hartbury. And there were so many other girls on their course doing their modules. Tilly, when you came to Hartbury. I know you'd already been to college in Bedfordshire as well, but were you surprised at the number of female students? I mean, to be honest, Tilly, is it something that crossed your mind when you chose agriculture as a career? Yes, I think it did, actually. From being at college, there was quite a low split. There was still other females there. And at Hartbury, there definitely is a higher percentage of females that I realised there would have been which is lovely, especially overseas students. We have quite a few people from Zimbabwe. It's lovely to see their perspective of female farming in that country because it's so different from female farming in the UK, in a sense. I would also say that a massive change in the industry is the social media influence that is going on at the moment. There's a lot of female influencers who are showing non-farming females or males, for instance, that you can get into farming, no matter who you are or what age you are, and really be successful in it, which I think is marvellous for bringing the industry forward. Yeah, that's excellent. I suppose what I would ask now, Tilly, when you were considering going away to college or even just considering getting into agriculture, was the fact that it has this perception as a very male-dominated industry by many, was that something you considered or you were so passionate about your sheep it didn't even cross your mind? I had when I started it never really crossed my mind as I find that a lot of farmers they appreciate that women do have their place that we can be more kind-hearted and gentle especially around lambing or carving or with sheep we have more of attention to detail at times and I think that farmers really are seeing the benefits and they are really pushing for it as well but no I think that it is nothing that really should cross many women's minds to come in the industry as I don't think it's really much of an issue anymore from my personal experience. Well that is great news and I couldn't agree more with you Tilly. What the industry needs is the right people and getting the right people is going to be about a mix of genders, a mix of backgrounds and a mix of experiences because we're going to need that enthusiasm and that mix of skills to get to net zero by 2040. One last question, if I could ask you three words or i'll maybe give you six if you like 
about sustainability and the journey to net zero, what three words would they be? Sadly, these are not my words, but I think they're very apt. The words are never stop improving. Ah, brilliant. You know how passionate I am about benchmarking. Whatever you're benchmarking, whether it's carbon or growth rates or financial benchmarking, and that never stop improving is a great motto for all things in life. Tilly, what words would you use? I'd say innovate for methods and technology in the industry, evolving for societal change and demand, and then security, food security, and for climate change. Excellent. Thanks, Tilly. I think if I were to pick three words, it would be really, really, really exciting and challenging, which I know is six words, but I did give you both the option of six, so I decided I'd take it. I've really enjoyed speaking to you both today and talking about educating the next generation of farmers. It's been fantastic, not just to hear the enthusiasm that Hartbury has for it, Stephen, but also young people like Tilly coming into the industry with a real passion for it. So thank you both very much for your time and hopefully I'll get to Hartbury soon. Thanks very much, Oliver. It was absolutely fantastic. Thank you ever so much, Oliver. It was lovely speaking to you both. Thank you, Tilly. If you've enjoyed this edition, please subscribe and you'll receive a notification when we release our next podcast. But no doubt we will take another deeper look into an important topic facing farming businesses today. All of our Let's Talk Agriculture podcasts are available to listen or download from the Barclays Let's Talk business channel on Spotify, Apple or SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening. We also have Let's Talk Agriculture Farm to Fork specials and Let's Talk Real Estate podcasts featuring the latest market insights and delving deeper into other important topics and issues. These are available on our Let's Talk Business channel. Make money work for you. We're not responsible for nor do we endorse in any way third-party websites or their content. The views and opinions expressed in this content don't necessarily reflect the views of Barclays Bank UK PLC, nor should they be taken as statements of policy or intent of Barclays Bank UK PLC. Barclays Bank UK PLC takes no responsibility for the veracity of information intimated by a third party and no warranties or undertakings of any kind, whether expressed or implied, regarding the accuracy or completeness of the information given. Barclays Bank UK PLC takes no liability for the impact of any decisions made based on information contained and views expressed. Barclays Bank UK PLC authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.